بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد To add on to the series that we were covering about تصوف uh, and Sufism One of the most important themes in there was the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So today I just want to spend some time in discussing just particularly what is love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how have different people who've loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained their experience and defined their experience maybe we can learn from that and maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us his true love as well um, firstly just to define what love is the word in Arabic is there's several words al-hib al-hub al-mahabba and then you have habib who is the beloved one so, some scholars define al-mahabba as al-wuddu wal-maylu lil-mahboob which basically means a love and inclination towards the beloved. But generally, others have described it as the love for perfection, the love for symmetry, the love for balance, the love for moderation. The beloved is generally someone that you expect to get some benefit from that you admire because of the balance in w with which they come so if it's human or an object of creation then it's going to be something that has been created manufactured made or designed or cooked or something like that with a balance that in terms of not just the way you look at it in terms of sight maybe in terms of how you hear it, if it has a sound, how you taste it. And the more boxes it will tick, then the greater the love for that. So because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one with the greatest sense of perfection, and so is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in terms of the benefit we can gain from them, and just how we can admire who they are and what they are, then clearly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Prophet should be the greatest object of our love if we can say it that way how do we know that we love someone? we become inclined towards them that's just a very basic definition basically that then necessitates that somehow you want to fall in line with your mahboob with your object of love you want to fall in line, you want to synchronize yourself with them now, that's a very easy thing for us to determine that what are we trying to synchronize ourselves with, right? Maybe the idea is that we can maybe determine what the object of love is and then see if we synchronize. But I think today it's probably easier to find out who we're synchronized or what we're synchronized with and figure out that's the real object of our love, right? So if we, if we basically start with the effect, so what are we synchronized with? People are synchronized with very uh, different things. So they're synchronized with maybe a football team, a particular football player. Clearly that means that there's a love there because we are trying to be like them. We wear their clothing, we try to play like them, be like them, say their names, know their history, know everything about them. Whether that be a phone company, whether that be a technology company. Right? Like Apple or Samsung or Microsoft or something like that. But clearly the, you can understand why these things capture 
capture us because of a sense of perfection which is there. So I guess everybody can think for themselves what is love? I mean is it food? Is it a certain type of food? Is it going out to eat? Is it a certain friend? So there's all of these things that we can understand from there. Then what, th that's just, ba I mean, I'm starting off with some just some really basic definitions. Now let's move on to a definition of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how can you characterize Allah's love for someone? Because Allah doesn't become inclined. Inclination doesn't apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does it then mean? Can you apply this definition to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? None of us are 100% perfect anyway. So why would, that means we could never be loved by Allah because we're not perfect. So for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a different definition. Because you just can't have inclination and um, infatuation for uh, Allah can't have that. So what it then means on a basic level for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love someone is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats them in the best of ways. Allah gifts them, bestows things upon them. It's necessary that we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the obligation of loving Allah is it's there. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, man yartadda minkum an deenihi, fasawfa yaatillahu bi qawmin yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, O people who believe, Whoever turns away from his deen, from, from his religion, whoever from the real religion, whoever turns away from it and ignores it, then for so, so, so then Allah if you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about a people that will love him and they will love him. So clearly Allah loves people and they love him. And if we don't act upon that, then somebody, then somebody else is going to take our place. It's related from Jibreel alayhi salam who relates this hadith from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a hadith al-Qudsi. That man ahana li waliyan faqad barazani bil muharaba. Whoever degrades, humiliates one of my walis, and a wali is someone who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, then he has basically challenged me with war. He's declared war against me. In another version, it says, Man aada li waliyan. Whoever uh, expresses his enmity, whoever treats with enmity, one of my friends, one of my beloved, then I declare war on him. So there's both ways it's mentioned. And then it says, there's nothing that I've hesitated in, there's nothing that I've hesitated in than my hesitation in taking the life, the soul, of a servant of mine who's a believer who dislikes death and I dislike to make him feel bad but it's necessary so death is inevitable it's necessary death is necessary but he doesn't like death and I don't want to make him feel bad but death is necessary and then the rest of the hadith is وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّ افْتَرَدْتُ عَلَيْهِ the way to gain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the absolute basic requirement this is the basic requirement is that uh, we need to fulfill the obligations. Without obligations, you can do everything else. You can have major uh, dhikr gatherings. You can basically have program after program. But if you don't do the faraid, the prayers, etc., 
none of that none of that is helping because the obligations are the initial ticket then well I then after that once we've gone to that first threshold then the son uh, the, the servant will become closer and closer to me by the optional acts until I love him so he says then he will become closer to me after he he becomes he becomes close to me with his oblig with his optional acts until I love him so the love comes after that so we're gonna have to make that effort if we want to gain we can't expect that Allah just loves me because there's just something about me that he loves I don't do any of this stuff you know because in the world that's how it is isn't it there's certain people who may not act uh, who may not fulfill all the requirements of something but you just like something about them so you let them in it's like it's okay it's it's okay right so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that they better do these things and then of course the the rewards of becoming beloved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he will uh, become the hearing by which a person hears in sight and and then and the hand touching and 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 so on and so forth there's another Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا قَالَ لِجِبْرِيلِ Famous narration to give you an idea. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then begins to love somebody, He says to Jibreel, Jibreel, I love such and such a person, you love him as well. I love such and such a person, you love him too. So Jibreel begins to love him because angels are under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Jibreel alayhi salam, what he does is he goes beyond that and he tells all the angels that you have to love this person because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him so then the people of the heavens meaning the inhabitants of the heavens which primarily are angels they begin to love him and then because they have they have frequent uh, visits to the world the acceptance also descends and is placed on him in the earth so people begin to love that person in general but clearly there's going to be some people who won't love him because there are people who are going to, as mentioned in the other hadith, there's going to be people who have enmity towards the friends of Allah. Right? So, but generally speaking, there's love towards this person. Especially good people will love this person because the hearts will connect. So that's the famous one. And then, of course, it's the same opposite. Which basically means that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes somebody, then He says the same thing. And that's why... One of the transmitters have said that I don't think except that he must have said this opposite with regards to hating. That the same thing he tells Jibreel alayhi salam and Jibreel alayhi salam passes that news on that I don't like this person. Right, so now let's get back to understanding love itself. Al-Mahabba, another way to understand is Halatun Sharifa. Love is supposed to be an honorable state in a person uh, with, with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we have love for Allah and Allah has love for us. That's a very honorable state because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, told us about that. I just want to clarify love for other things. So what I explained is that when you find something of beauty to you, that symmetry and perfection, and you would consider that to be beautiful, then you want to you wanna be close to that thing. You want to have that thing. Right? So obviously, if it's a product, you will try to acquire it. Uh, you may spend a lot of money in acquiring it. You may purchase it. You may, some people steal things like that. And if it's a person, you'll, you, you'll want to get close to them. Right? Now, this is where I, I spoke to a friend of mine who's an expert on love. And there, there's somebody who is basically 
interested in somebody because they find them balanced and they find them beautiful uh, in terms of what they do, right? Generally, it's going to be a man to a woman and that kind of a thing, right? Uh, I'm not sure if that person's even seen uh, the individual, right? But in terms of everything else about them, so I asked him, is that love? So he said, does he feel like eating? Like, is he eating? I said, yes, I'm sure he's eating. Is he sleeping? Yes, he's sleeping. So he says, and that's not proper love yet. Love is when you essentially are so, so engrossed that you can't even eat anymore and you can't sleep, you can't do anything for yourself anymore because everything is focused on the other person. And in some cases, that is sometimes the best of states for a person because that's the only time they're not selfish. That's the only time they're actually focused on somebody else. Now, before you start finding an object of love like that, it has to be pure, right? Because, so then I asked him, but this person, I don't think he's up to that level. Actually, there were two people I was, wanted to ask him about. One was a, a 16-year-old who's so infatuated like that, that he just can't see any other way about it. But this person, the older person, he's not like that. So the idea is that he says, well, that's just probably infatuation, right? which is like a beginning stage. It's an infatuation. It's not there yet. But again, you can only have that with somebody who it's halal for you to have that kind of love with. But sometimes the problem is that love will take over your, your heart and you have no control over it. And that's the difficult part. So now I asked him, okay, if somebody's got love with somebody that they cannot express, they cannot basically realize their love with, right? Because you could have those kind of situations. You, it's just impossible for you to realize your love with them. And there's a lot of people because love will make you sick, right? If you can't eat, you can't do anything, it will make you sick. So then the question is that how do you, how do you stop loving somebody? How can you stop loving somebody that you don't think it's worth loving because emotionally you love them but intellectually you know it's just not going to happen. I can't realize this love. I mean, idea is maybe you want to marry somebody your parents are against. Or maybe you're already married and there's somebody else you're interested in, but it's just not going to happen. Right? You know, I mean, it could happen, but it's just not going to happen because you know your situation, right? You don't want to mess it up with the first wife, whatever the case is. Or a, a woman is married and she just becomes infatuated with somebody else. It can happen. What do you do then? Right? These are practical, these are practical situations that are real and we need to deal with them because there are examples of this. You know, there's women who are married, but then they've just fallen in love with somebody they work with. Even among religious people, because sometimes the shaitan is there. And I'm not saying it happens religiously, but you know, you start speaking to somebody and you see that they, they seem to be better than your own spouse. And that's why it's very important at this point to start reading two du'as. Two du'as, very effective. One is, Allah, uh, whenever you have this kind of uh, alert to something else, and it's kind of putting down what's halal for you, and you're becoming inclined to haram, then Allahumma kfini bi halalika an haramik wa aghnini bi fadlika amman siwak. Allah suffice me with the halal away from the haram. Right? And make me independent from the need of anybody but you. But Allah suffice me with the halal away from the haram. So you think there's things that you're looking at that are attracting you and clearly they're haram or they're, they're most likely going to lead to haram, whatever. Right? Then just read this dua. 
And the other dua is Rabbana la tuhammilna, which is from the Quran, Rabbana la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bih. Oh Allah, don't make us carry a burden that we have no ability to carry. Because as I said, sometimes it gets so overwhelming that you have no control over yourself. And people end up messing up families, messing up their life, messing up their relationships, existing relationships that were fine due to that. So the, this dua is very powerful. Rabbana la tuhammilna. It's the end of uh, Surah Al-Baqarah. Just before Surah Ali Imran, it's there. That, oh Allah, do not, allow, do, do not make us carry a burden that we can't carry, that we don't have the ability to carry. So then, how do you de-love somebody? Like, how do you stop loving somebody? So, I, I forget the poem you mentioned, but basically the, the point is that love is based on all the good qualities. Love is based on all of the good qualities, all the fascination that. So you have to basically do the counter to that, which is you start thinking of all of the worst things. Which is very difficult to do because the love makes you so emotionally attached to all the good things that it's overwhelming. Then for you to even try to break through that cloud and to think of bad things is very difficult. But that's what you're supposed to do to try to get away from somebody that you can't basically realize your love with. Subhanallah. But basically I think the antidote here is that once you've had that experience a few times then maybe the thing is that just don't focus too much on the good things. And just ask Allah, then, may, then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look, if this is something, it's not going to happen for me, just get, do the istikhara dua. But people are dealing with this, that's why I mentioned, people are dealing with this kind of stuff on different levels. You know, some are very far gone, so now just start thinking of the worst things. You know, all the igno ignoring of, she's generally so bad to me, but I still, you know, she is bad to me. You know, because people just overlook these things. Because they think somehow miraculously with magic is all going to be fine. Right. So that's a bit about love and how to deal with it. Because it's an essential, uh, it's something that is so essential to many, many human beings that it needs to be discussed. So anyway, when it's love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you see there's another concept which is called uh, ishq. And generally ishq is considered to be love that has gone beyond the boundary, beyond the limits, right? Now what's very interesting is that while some people do use this term for love of Allah, in the, in the real sense, you can't have ishq for Allah and you can't characterize love for Allah as ishq or Allah's love for a human being as ishq. Why do you think that's the case? Because ishq is when you go beyond the limit. You can never go beyond the limit of loving Allah. Right? The more you love him, the better. As Allah says that, um, Those people who believe they are the most intense in their love for Allah. And there's a lot of bandwidth there. There's so much more to go the more you love him. It never ends. There's no end to the love. Right? And Allah can love a person like that. So because there's no, there's no end to Allah's infinite gifts and bounties and care and attention, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, you can't have ishq. Though people do use it, majaz, and I think they use it metaphorically for that. But in the real sense, according to many scholars, you can't have ishq with Allah. Right? It's just pure love. But you can have ishq for somebody else that goes over the boundary and makes you uh, not fulfill your rights and makes you basically negligent of other rights and so on and so forth. That would, that would be excessive love. So, 
if we go back to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his creation and the love of the creation for Allah is that love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his creation is that Allah then intends to bestow him with gifts right and that gifts doesn't mean just you know material aspects it obviously means closeness and love and dhikr and all the rest of it waking up for tahaj that's all from the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala avoidance of sins <clears throat> so what is then the difference between Allah's intending to give a uh, bounty to, to to his servant which muhabba has been defined as and Allah's mercy so they're saying that mercy, rahmah, is actually more specific than just the will to, to give him something, the intention to give him something. And mahabba is then even more specific than rahmah. So while Allah can have love, uh, rahmah for many more people, there's going to be fewer that he's going to have mahabba for. Because mahabba is more specific for the, for the fewer. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is intending to give somebody reward and bounties that you you know that you call that rahmah and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intending to specify a person for his closeness to basically single out a person to give him proximity is intimacy and closeness and to give him the experiences of high spiritual states then that is what you call mahabba that's a wali of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so inshallah we all sh inshallah we all enjoy rahmah from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the fact that we're believers. But we ask Allah to also give us His Mahabba, an extra level, the top level, insha'Allah. And that depends on the individual then. Because for some, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attribute is just one. I mean, this is going to a bit of theological discussion. The attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one, but it manifests differently in terms of who it is on the receiving end. But ignore that point if it doesn't make sense. And for the servant to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَحَالَةٌ يَجِدُهَا فِي قَلْبِهِ So as far as uh, the love for, this, uh, for servants with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is concerned, then it is a state that they generally will experience in their hearts. تَلَطَّفْ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ It's very, he's saying it's too complicated to bring in words. It's an experiential feeling. It's very difficult to apply that in words. That what exactly does it mean that a servant loves Allah now? How, how do you describe the feeling? You can maybe describe what he's going to do now based on it. But to describe the actual feeling is going to be very, very difficult. Now, what it does to you is that It will obviously make you glorify Allah and revere Allah more. Revere, revere Allah more than anything else. So when Allah becomes our main objective compared to all the other things that we're loving, then that makes sense. Wa ithar rida, giving preference to His satisfaction. Qillatu sabri anhu, which basically means that you know, just like with uh, when you have a love of object, I always want to be with that person. So likewise here, you just never want to be away from Allah. How can you never be away from Allah? Well, you can be wherever you want, but as long as you're remembering Him, you're with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But if something comes to distract you, you'll be very angry. Like, you distracted me. That means what's that won't be a distraction. Well, ihtiyaj ilayh, and just the, the desire for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the need for Him, adamul qarar min dunihi, basically means that a person is going to be restless without 
doing dhikr without being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَوُجُودُ الْإِسْتِئْنَاسِ بِدَوَامِ ذِكْرِ لَهُ بِقَلْبِهِ Which is that the only way you'll gain that sense of familiarity and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by staying in a constant state of dhikr with his heart. Now, in terms of how people have shared their experience of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's abundant uh, statements. We'll just go through some of them in the time that we have. And so, firstly, let's try to understand the word mahabba, the word hub. Uh, there are various different understanding of where it actually comes from to give you an understanding. So, some say, ismun li, li safa il mawadda. It's basi basically the name <coughs> for absolute pure friendship. Absolutely pure friendship is safa'ul mawadda. Because when the Arabs, were, uh, when you've got totally white, sparkling teeth, shiny teeth, they, they say this is hababul asnan. So, uh, hababul asnan, which basically means shiny white teeth. So, it comes from there, they're saying, that it's absolute purity of something. So purity of friendship is that level higher. That's called mahabba. Another opinion is that hub comes from hubab. Hubab basically means the water when you have abundant rain, when you have torrential rain, the water that basically comes up, right, and uh, overflows. So the concept here is overflowing. When you love somebody so so much that you basically it overflows and just dominates you, overwhelms you. And there's several other, I'm not going to go through all of them. There's, there's one, one is uh, very interesting, is that uh, the earring in Arabic is also called hab or hub. Why? Because it always stays on the, on the ear, right? Um, and it's always moving because it moves with the head. So it's got that concept of it's always in a state of stress, right? Based on the object of its love. Anyway, we, that, that's just all literal stuff. Let's look at what some of the shuyukh have mentioned about love. Uh, one, of the, w one of the expressions, and again, this is all based on experience, right? Al-mahabbatu itharul mahbubi ala jami'il mashub, Which is, the mahabba is for you to give preference to your beloved upon everything else that can come to you. Muwafaqatul habib fil mashhadi wal maghib. For you to try to synchronize yourself, that's the word I'm using, muwafaqa, compatibility. But I'm saying you're trying to synchronize yourself with your beloved one, whether they're absent or whether they're present. The, the, the Sufis, they see that somebody gets so beloved, somebody so belo loves their shaykh so much, that they actually, sometimes it happens that they actually start taking on a number of the same habits, using the same words, doing the same things and so on. And they call that nisbat ittihadi, like a unified relationship, a unified attribution that you resemble your shaykh like that. Some say, mahul muhibbi li sifatihi wa ithbatul mahbubi bidhatihi. It's for a person to erase their own characteristics and imbibe the characteristics of their beloved one. If it's Allah, then that's wonderful. But if it's anybody else, you better be careful what that. Why? Because لِكَمَالِ إِشْتِغَالِ الْمُحِبِّ بِمَحْبُوبِهِ حَتَّى يَنْسَى صِفَاتِ نَفْسِهِ Because they're just so focused on their beloved that they forget their own attributes. 
another one muwata'atul qalbi li muradatir rabb basically for the heart to become synchronized with the desires of allah with whatever pleases allah that would be a wonderful state another one is khawfu tarkil hurmati ma'a iqamatil khidma the fear to abandon reverence of your muhib of your mahbub while you are serving your your mahbub so you're serving them in such a way that you don't want to get, get you don't want to get anything wrong abu yazid abu yazid by yazid al bistami he says al mahabbatu istiqlalul kathir min nafsik wa istikthaarul qalil min habibik you see, from this collection of sayings, you get an understanding of what true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Everybody's explaining it slightly differently. The first few are similar. This one is very different. And you can tell he's talking about experience here. He's saying that mahabba is for you to consider what you give abundantly as very small. Like, I don't give much at all, even though you're giving everything. Mahabba will make you do that. Like, I haven't done anything. And for you to think abundant, even a small amount that comes from your beloved. And we better have that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we need to give him everything. And if he gives us something, alhamdulillah. See, the picture now is emerging. Junaid, subhanAllah, Junaid al-Baghdadi was once questioned about muhabba. He said, دُخُولُ صِفَاتِ الْمَحْبُوبِ عَلَى الْبَدَلِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْمُحِبِّ This is basically what somebody else said as well, which is that for the characteristics of your beloved to enter in place of the attributes of the lover himself, right? Obviously, he's indicating towards the fact that the mention of your beloved must be overwhelming, must be dominant. Such that the only thing that overwhelms your heart and dominates your heart and nothing else is the Mentioning of your beloved. And for a person to be totally ignorant, negligent, heedless, and blinded of his own sifat, of his own needs and attributes, or to even feel them. And that's what you call, that's what the Sufis will call fana, like total annihilation. Uh, there's some more simpler ones. Abu Ali al-Rudhabari. He says, Al-Mahabbatu al-Muwafaqatu al-Mahbu fi amrihi wa nahi. To synchronize yourself, um, to be compatible with your Mahbu based on whatever they like and whatever they dislike. Right? Abu Abdullah al-Qurashi, he says, Haqiqatu al-Mahabbati an tahab kathalika liman ahbabt fala yabqa laka minka shay. That basically you give everything to your Mahbub, to the one you love, such that you have nothing left. It's only starting because you've got so many different experiences that will inshallah give us an idea. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a driving force and an inspiration for us. And we can mention these things over and over again, but really it's about trying to... Accomp- uh, I think the benefit of this will tell us that what is it that we love most, that we're constantly engaged with thinking about going after. That basically is a sign that we love those things. So if it's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Ramadan is finished and we've gone back to how we were before Ramadan, then it means we haven't really developed much of a love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to 
to do that. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. Otherwise, this is all theory. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for reality. Allahumma anta as-salam wa minka as-salam Tabarakti yad al-jalali wal-ikram Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Yad al-jalali wal-ikram Ya ma'din al-judi wal-karam Ya arham al-rahimin Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah We ask for your special mercy Oh Allah, we ask you for your special attention Oh Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness O oh Allah, forgive us all of our wrongdoings, all of our shortcomings, all of our defects, all of our sins. O oh Allah, this beautiful month of Ramadan has passed us. O oh Allah, we ask protection that we go back to how we were before that. O oh Allah, grant us closeness to you. O oh Allah, we've just had this discussion in, on your love. O oh Allah, make this a reality for us. O oh Allah, allow us to feel your love, make your love dominant. O oh Allah, remove the love of all else. O oh Allah, allow us to only love those things which you have commanded us to love. And O oh Allah, take the love of those things out of our hearts that you have prohibited us to love. O oh Allah, allow us to love whatever it is through you. And O oh Allah, we ask that you help us to fill our hearts. O oh Allah, fill our hearts with your love. O oh Allah, make that dominant in our hearts. O oh Allah, remove all of the blemishes and the darknesses for our heart to allow your love to come in. O oh Allah, allow us to do the right thing. Allow us to follow in the footsteps of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O oh Allah, allow us to gain beneficial knowledge. Allow us to be imbibed with good, beautiful character. Allow us to be... O oh Allah, allow us to only love your... O oh Allah, allow us to only love your obedience and keep away from your disobedience. O oh Allah, make your disobedience hated in our heart. O oh Allah, remove our spiritual and physical diseases and ailments and sicknesses. O oh Allah, grant us shifa and grant us afiyah, grant us complete afiyah, grant us the ability to thank you for your afiyah. O oh Allah, you have given us abundantly. You have given us from your vast treasures. O oh Allah, we ask that whatever you have given us, do not make it a source of your anger. Do not make it a source of sinning. O oh Allah, do not allow us to use what you have given us to commit sins and transgressions against you or against others. O oh Allah, don't make all of the bounties that you have bestowed us with to be a source of our losing out in the hereafter. O oh Allah, we ask that whatever you have given us, you make it a source of blessing. And you bless us in whatever you have given us. And O oh Allah, those of, our, uh, those of our brothers and sisters around the world who, have not, who, who are suffering, O oh Allah, we ask that you remove their suffering. O oh Allah, these projects that we have, our permissible projects, our work, and whatever we do, we ask that you bless us and you, you give us from your abundant generosity. Oh Allah, you're more generosity, you have more generosity than all the generosity that exists in this world. Oh Allah, we ask from this generosity. Oh Allah, we can't go to anybody else's door. Oh Allah, we can't go to anyone else. Oh Allah, we bow down in front of you. Oh Allah, it is only you that we can ask any of these things to. Oh Allah, bless us all here. Do not let us return from here without being absolutely forgiven and purified. Oh Allah, we ask that you 
grant us a life of purity and obedience and taqwa. And O oh Allah, that you accept us for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, we don't know how we can help. But O oh Allah, we know that you can accept us for your service. So oh Allah, accept us for your service. And O oh Allah, grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbed. And O oh Allah, grant us both for the travels of this world and the travels for the hereafter. Grant us uh, salam, grant us success. And O oh Allah, make it facilitate and make it easy for us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.